Thank you for the opportunity to gather, to worship you, Jesus, to honor you. Oh, we love you today. God, our hearts are open to you today. Our hearts are open to you. We trust you today, and we trust your ability to speak to us today. We open up our hearts to your word. We thank you, Lord, for your way of just weaving your word into our life right on time. And I pray, Lord God, that your word today would just do a great work in us. Thank you for safe places to come before you and to hear and to be encouraged. And we just say, God, have your way in this place today. God, we thank you and we honor you. I pray for the uh, empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. God, it's such a privilege, but my desire is just to see what's in your heart and in your word come through to your people. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So we're in, in this series called Fresh Start, and um, in the first week, the first Sunday of the year, the fifth, we talked about just the simplicity of removing distractions and sin from our lives so that we can have a fresh start. And then last week, we talked about this principle of returning to grace, and we, we kind of went into how when we, um, when we stray and when we have difficulties in our lives and we feel far from God, a lot of times what we do is we will punish ourselves rather than recognize that it is trusting him that is the starting place for us and that we come to him in trust and in faith. And he just frankly gives us what we don't deserve. He forgives us and he gives us new life. And a lot of times we want to add things to it, but there isn't anything that you can add to it uh, because he wants to give us what we cannot get on our own and wants to give us that purity of a fresh start and his grace in our lives. And today, um, as we're talking about having a fresh start, I want to share with you about this principle about leaning in. And when I say leaning in, what I mean by that is leaning into healthy relationships and leaning into the Lord. My challenge to you this morning is that as you're hearing God's word today, to have a predisposition or to make the decision ahead of time that leaning in is what I'm going to do in the tough times. Like I already have the answer of what I'm going to do, and we're going to dive into that. As a matter of fact, today's scriptures, I'm going to be honest with you, today's scriptures, for lack of a better way to say it, are overkill for what we're saying today because they're really extreme examples, but it's totally fine to go to an extreme example that applies to our everyday life. And the extreme example that we're going to go to today is we're going to go to Jesus um, at the Last Supper, and we're going to go to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying. And both of these happen right before he's going to be taken to the cross and given his life for us. And so they're extreme examples because in this scripture, Jesus is going through up to that point in his life, the hardest thing that he had ever faced. And we're going to look at how did Jesus, in his humanity, handle what he was about to face. And so we're going to start in Luke chapter 22. I'm going to read to you verses 14 through part of 17. It says this, When the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table, and he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, and I, I'm reading that part because we actually just received communion a few minutes ago. 
And Jesus, at this Last Supper, is going to walk them through the elements of communion and say, this bread that I'm breaking is my body, and this cup that we are sharing is my blood. And he's explaining communion. And so our service and our our day today together really kind of ties together in that we've taken communion and we're in this scripture. And when I'm looking at this scripture and it's talking about how Jesus eagerly desired to to eat this Passover with them, which Passover was a special meal, by the way, that they took that observed God's deliverance of of his people in the Old Testament. Um, There's a longer story that you can see in the Old Testament scripture where a lamb was was killed and the blood was put over the door and they consumed the lamb. And basically, uh, this lamb uh, created a covering so that when the angel of death went through Egypt during the plagues, that household was protected. Jesus, they're still celebrating this Passover, this deliverance, this freedom that God had brought the people of Israel back in Egypt. And what Jesus is doing in this scripture and in the next few days of his life is he is becoming that Passover lamb. And I wonder, I wonder how old Jesus was when he realized that he was the Passover lamb. I wonder like in his humanity when, because you can see in scripture that he's putting together who he is and his identity and, and figuring these things out. And, and, you know, with his own disciples, like there's a couple times before this where they would have been taking, you know, if Jesus ministered for three, three and a half years, there would have been a couple times where he would have had Passover with them all the while knowing that he was going to become the Passover lamb. And now it's saying, you know, in this one, like this is the one where he becomes the spotless lamb, where he becomes the substitution, where he 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 comes there and and it says in the scripture, I've eagerly desired this Passover with you goes before I suffer. Such an interesting sentence because we're about to go to Gethsemane in a few minutes in, in the scripture where Jesus is travailing. And uh, just to be really clear, Jesus is not excited from the standpoint of what he's about to go through to get to the cross. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be tortured. He's going to be spit on. He's going to have a crown of thorns. I mean, he is about to really literally go through torture. And his own friends are going to leave him like, there's so much that he's about to endure. And here it's saying, I have eagerly desired. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, I'll put it off. Let's go another year. Like, I mean, eagerly desired. It makes me wonder, like, why is he desiring eagerly? It says to have this Passover with you before I suffer. And I, I, think, I think it's the with you part. Like he is in travail. He is suffering. The, the hard part is it's not, a, it's not a clean dinner. It's, you know, he's eagerly desiring and he's highly has this high expectation for it. And he wants to have it with them. And the disciples break out at dinner wondering who's the greatest among them. And Jesus needs to get up and wash their feet and like all this kind of it's like like <laughs> I'm reading I'm reading the story and I want to yell at the disciples, You're ruining dinner. Stop it. Stop acting like that. But you know, Jesus is being Jesus and he's still teaching all along and still helping helping them all along. But Jesus is 
at just about the most difficult time in his life that he's experienced up to this point. Anticipating the suffering and anticipating the loneliness. And so he's, he's desiring to be with his disciples before he suffers. When you are, when you're going through life, when you are going, when life is tough, when life is difficult, um, who who can you call? Who can you text? Um, who can you just be with? You know, it's it's something that you want to have an answer prior to the moment you need it. Because otherwise, the temptation will be to be alone, to suffer alone. And some of you all, you're like, no, I don't want to put my stuff on other people. I don't want to complain. I don't want to whine. I don't want to, I need to handle this on my own. I, I just want to tell you this morning, Jesus wanted to be with his disciples. There was just something about the presence of being together I think that was helpful for him because these are the human beings that he's been physically close to and emotionally close to these last several years, and he's just being with them. Um, this week, I I had one of those, just a really difficult week, and, and Thursday was my day. Oh, man, Thursday was just rough. Uh, I, and I, I'm not going to go into the details because for a lot of reasons. One of them is there's like 80 of you here. Um, another is we're recording this, but it was just a, it was a tough day. I got into one meeting and a, a couple of friends of mine and, uh, shared something. And they just kind of like stopped the meeting and were like, can we pray for you? And I'm like, man, I must be in bad shape. <laughs> if people are stopping meetings to pray for me and you know, these are trusted friends. I love them. I'm like, bring it, bring it, you know, just praying. And, um, the day got worse. Um, <laughs> Later on, you know, it was like exactly the wrong conversation, exactly the right time. And, and uh, you know, it was just my heart was heavy and it was already heavy. And it was just like, it was, it was like, you know, what Mike Tyson plan, says, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? And I'm just like stunned. And I walk into the worship practice on Thursday night and they look at me like, ooh. And I, it was like confession time. I said, y'all, I said, it has been a tough day and I am just here for a hiding place. And so while you all are worship, doing worship practice, I'm, I'm finding my hiding place. What was really, you know, gracious was um, uh, one of the team members at the end of practice said uh, to me, he said, I could see it on you when you walked in the room. And we were praying for you one way or another, whether you asked or not. And you know, I, think, I think it's important for us to have places where you're allowed to be raw and you're allowed to be authentic. You know, self-pity isn't healthy and whining isn't healthy, but you've got to have a place where you can just kind of dump it. Because you're not, dump it all out, because you are not wired to carry it on your own. And bad things happen when you try to carry it on your own and when you internalize it. And I think for some of us who have had experience with that, that we, we know what that looks like. It can easily turn into depression. It can really easily turn into anger. You can have a short wit. Uh, you can have a, don't, don't start elbowing and safe place, right? Like, okay. Um, but having, having people in your life and the challenges, you, you, you need to develop them all your life so that when you need it, you can just go there. I text one friend. 
this weekend, and um, I was uh, I was trying to call them. I didn't catch them, so I, I left them a text, or um, I left them a voicemail, but I didn't tell them that it was just a, a rough week because I wasn't sure where they were. The next day, I get a text, and they were having a rough week. And so we're texting back and forth our our, our prayers for one another and just saying, yeah, talk to you when I can get my head above water kind of thing. But I think we've got to develop those relationships and um, have places where we have – got to know – who your people are. Um, you know, one of the helpful things about the whole life group thing for us is, you know, every three times a year, you, you hear us kind of starting and stopping life groups and that kind of thing. The relationship piece of just being in a place where people know your name, where people uh, know your story, and they, where they know about the little wins and the big wins, and they know about the little struggles and the big struggles, and where just life is normal together is so healthy for us, and especially because it's, it's a context where we're focused on Christ and following him. And having those pockets of friendship, I think, are really important. And that's, you know, for us, it's like it's the practical way of building something for something that you need on an authentic level. The life group doesn't make you a friend, but, man, you can go to a life group and make a friend. And, you know, that's really intentional. And it doesn't obviously have to be in that container but that's part of the purpose of the container is so that you have your people. And if you don't have your people, I just want to encourage you, would you develop that? Would you be intentional about it? Because what will happen is the Lord's going to use you to be that person and he's going to put people in your life to be that for you as well. So we see, see Jesus in the story at the Last Supper. I eagerly desire to share this supper with you before I suffer. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture of that closeness. And of course, there's a lot of things going on around there. After he leaves there and they have their dinner, they go to the Mount of Olives, to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is going to pray. And I want to um, read this to you. And this is Luke 22, verses 39 through 44. It says, Jesus went out as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, in anguish, excuse me, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling down to the ground. So now, now we see Jesus going to the Father during this difficult time. The simplicity of God's word today. He went and he spent time with his friends. And he went and he spent time with his father. Did you love the elegance of that? That it's not rocket science. It's not complicated. Just simple and elegant. He, he brought his disciples with him. And when you look at the different um, gospels, it, he brought them with him. And, and Peter, James, and John went a little further with him. And then he goes on a little further and prays. And his friends keep falling asleep. <laughs> Over and over again, he says, don't fall into temptation. Like three times they're like falling asleep. 
And, of course, we look at it, and we're, like, so mad at his friends. Like, come on, guys. Like, Jesus is about to suffer on the cross. How can you fall asleep? You know, that kind of thing. But we've got to remember, in Scripture, typically the person getting it wrong and the person who's weak and the person who's messing up, that's us. Sometimes we can be so high and mighty. Well, I would never fall asleep on my friend. Okay, you perfect one. Um, but there's, a, there's something, if we put ourselves in Jesus' shoes, your, your friends aren't perfect, but your father is. And your friends can go so far with you, but your father can go all the way with you. So you can't put the weight of the father on the friends. And you just got to let God be God. Let your friends be imperfect because you're in that group as well. And just keep pressing into God. I find this scripture so fascinating. You know, when we know Jesus and we know he's God and we know he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession, we know he's conquered death. Sometimes where we, our knowledge of where he is today and who he is can sometimes when we're reading scripture make us forget that he really took on humanity and walked through it. That he was absolutely fully God, but he set those God powers aside while he was walking in this humanity. And he says to the Father, if you're willing, take this cup. Anybody ever pray that prayer? I would beg to say that most of our prayers are, God, change this situation. God, make this thing different. God, this isn't the way things are supposed to be. How many times are our prayers telling God what we want the circumstance to be? Now, in this picture and in this story, it's really beautiful because he asks for what he wants. And yet he resigns himself and submits himself to the will of the Father. Sometimes in our prayer, we can just be praying our way out. And because we will only pray our way out, we're actually not aligned with his will. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I believe there's so much of God's will in Scripture, like, does God heal? Yeah, he's a healer. We should pray for healing. Does God you know, bring liberty and freedom? Absolutely. But have you, you noticed that you can't pray away every hard circumstance in your life? That we live in a broken world and we cannot control the world around us through our prayer. And so in his prayer, he's saying, Father, if it's possible, if there's any way, take this cup from me. But nonetheless, not my will but yours be done. You know, real maturity faces up to the things that we don't like, that we don't want, and yields to God. And, you know, prayer is not our tool of manipulation to get God aligned with our will. It's, it, it's a conversation in the context of relationship that helps us usher in his will and that helps us align ourselves to his will. Can I say that to you again? Prayer is, prayer is not our tool of manipulation to get God to do our will. Prayer is a conversation in the context of relationship where we usher in his will and we align ourselves to his will. 
plenty of things that we can know the will of God and know the heart of God. But you know, there are some circumstances that you may be praying to change, and they're not going to change. You can be saying, God, I want a different boss. And God may say, that's the boss I want you to have. And actually, you're there for them. Stop praying against my will. Or, God, I want to live in a different place. Or, God, I want a different, or, God, I need this to change. And, And he may be saying, I don't want it to change. Why don't you say, if it's your will, change it. Otherwise, align me with your will. What's beautiful about Jesus in this picture is he says what he wants while aligning himself with God's will. That's real maturity. So so how do you pray when the circumstances aren't going to change? Sometimes you know that this isn't an issue of faith. This isn't an issue of, uh, of, well, I just need to contend and I need to pray. Sometimes there are circumstances that you have to walk through whether you like it or not. I'm not saying that that's an all-the-time thing. But there are times when circumstances are just going to be difficult and you can't just put flowers on it and make it better. Jesus... He's headed to the cross, and he came to the earth for that purpose. That's why he came. It was the pinnacle of what he was going to accomplish here on earth, was to give his life for our sins and raise from the dead. You can't raise from the dead until you die. Like, that was his purpose. I want to I just say to you really practically how I think we should handle those things. When we're coming before God and we're in circumstances that you can't just change with your prayer, but you can come to the Lord and you can say, God, minister to me. Before I do that, I want to say this. When Jesus came to the Father and when he says, nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done, it says that the Father sent an angel to him and ministered to him. Isn't that beautiful? Like, he was so worn out. It says he was praying, and he prayed more earnestly, and he prayed his sweat was like drops of blood. Like, can you, can you imagine what Jesus was going through as he's praying through this and working through this to the point where the Father sends an angel to Jesus to strengthen him? Like, he's going through it. But the picture is that he is with the Father. You can go through a lot of things if you're in the right place. You can endure a lot of life if you're in the right place. And where is Jesus right before it all starts? He's in that place of prayer, and he's in that place with his Father. And so how, how do we handle, and I, I, I want to dig down a little bit into like, what, is that, what does that earnest prayer look like? Because for some of us, like, I need to pray, and I need to press in, but I don't, I don't really know what to say. And I kind of want to help you with that, not with words or dictation, but with the how do you pray in those kinds of circumstances. One thing that you do is you bring your soul before the Lord. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when I say you bring your soul before the Lord, it means that like you come before God and you say, Father, here is what I'm thinking. Here are my thoughts. And I bring you my thoughts. 
See, sometimes in our prayers, we're just like making a request or we're just making something known. And really, what you want to do is you want to pour out what's inside of you. Not because he doesn't know it, but because you need to get it out before him. Because he's the safest place. God, this is what's going on. And what I think is I think it's terrible. And what I think is that this shouldn't happen. And what I think is that things should be differently. And here's all the things that I think. And I'm just putting all these things before you. Because I need my mind covered by you. And now that I've told you all the things that I thought, now I want to know what are your thoughts and what does your word say? How should I think? How should I look at this? Would you watch over my mind in this circumstance and help me with my thinking? Show me how to think. But I think sometimes it's good to be real about what you are thinking. Because sometimes in Christianity, we, it's well-meaning, but it's wrong. We will take what we believe to be God's th- thoughts and we'll just try to like fit them on our thoughts and like just... Just, it's like laying them over, and, like, and really it can lead to confusion. And it's like if you say it over and over again, I'll get my, those thoughts to be those. Well, I think God is not intimidated by what you think. And sometimes getting them out there clears the slate so that you can receive some new thoughts and some fresh thoughts. And I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes we bottle it up and package it up and we just let it live in here. And sometimes you just need to get it out. Isn't it amazing that Jesus said, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me? Jesus said, if it's possible, I don't want this to happen. And that leads us to our will. Praying over our own will and just saying, God, I, I had this conversation on the treadmill at the YMCA yesterday. People, people thought I was having a really lame workout, I'm sure. Actually, I'm sure no one was looking at me at all. So walking at 2.6 miles an hour, which is as lame as I can get. And none of it mattered because all I was there to do was pray. And I'm on the treadmill and I am just telling the Lord, this is not what I want. But that's not what matters. But I'm being honest with you that what I want is contrary to what's happening. And I recognize that me just sticking to what I want is not going to make things better in here. And so I'm just going to come to you and I'm just going to say, here's, how I, here's what I want, but now I'm going to yield to you. Because sometimes things going on around me aren't what I want. But God, you're perfect and you're good. And you got me. And I hope I'm articulating this well. I'm trying to say that there are just times where maybe our will and the circumstances aren't aligned. And it's creating such a friction inside of us. And we just have to yield to the Lord and just say, God... I give my will to you, regardless of the circumstances. I don't think, I think Jesus just said, I, 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 I turn my will over to you, not necessarily just what's going to happen, but to you. And just not be in conflict. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, as I was praying that, I felt this alignment happening inside of me. The irony is, I didn't like what it meant but I liked the result. And then 
praying over our emotions. You, you know, when it comes to your soul, and I, I'm being very specific and very detailed on purpose today because I really want to say the how. Um, you can do them in whatever order you want. But I actually found that once I got to my emotions, after talking to the Lord about my mind and my will, my emotions started to line up. And I, and I, and I just sensed the, the grace and the strengthening of the Lord. I, I physically felt it. it was like in a moment like I just just could sense like the Lord just just pouring out and I, you know just making him that place that you go but it's not just the place that you the one that you go to it's the what is that interaction what are you pouring out because the Lord is not just a place to dictate a desire and to pray get me through it's a the Lord is a place where you can pour out what's inside of you you read the Psalms and you think David is you know bipolar with what he's going through I mean he, there's so much emotion and such swing in what he's going through in his life but what I love about it is that it's scripture and it's in there and his feelings are raw and his feelings are before the Lord and I want to tell you today that pouring out your feelings and pouring out what you're thinking and pouring out you know what's in your will before god he's not intimidated by it now he won't be ruled by your mind your will and emotions he won't let you supersede him and like try to bully him with what you're thinking and feeling because it ain't about you it's but he loves you but he's not intimidated by it and i think just trying to plow through is hard work it's just hard work i think praying over our physical body and Talked about the soul, praying about our physical body. You know, I told you yesterday, for me, the way I was handling something was I was on a treadmill. I find sometimes that doing something physical is helpful to me because it's um, better, it's more fruitful than naps. (laughs) Not that I haven't had a good nap or two in my life, but I find there's more fruit sometimes in those. We even talked last week about how sometimes it's appropriate for all of those things. And finally, our spirit. Aligning our spirit, that's the, that deepest part in us where the Holy Spirit is, and just aligning ourselves with him. Here's, my, here's, here's what I, I want to impart to you through Jesus' story this morning, is when life is coming hard or life is getting heavy, you've got to have people and you have to have him. And people can't be manufactured. It's developed. Those safe places and those safe relationships. But he is always there and he's always able for you to pour out what's inside of you. What's beautiful is when you see this picture of the Garden of Gethsemane, you get this picture that Jesus got what he needed for what he was about to face. It says in Scripture that he was like a lamb led to the slaughter. And when I think about that picture in my mind, a lamb led to the slaughter is not um, resisting because really the lamb's oblivious, right? But there's this kind of peace about it. And, and he just, and it says in Scripture, like he didn't say a word and he just kind of went to it. You get this picture that he went through the, such a difficult thing and yet he went with such peace. But you look at all these pictures beforehand, and he was travailing, 
and he was suffering, and he's with his friends, and he's with his father, and he's pouring out. But then there's a grace for what he's going to endure. And I don't mean to lessen at all what Jesus went through at all. But he, he did receive something that he needed. In our lives, many times, when life comes at us hard or life comes at us fast, Many of us, and I'm not saying this to disparage you or to beat you up or to give you a hard time. Many of us have patterns that aren't working. And you know what your pattern is. And that pattern can side you in life for a couple days. For some of us, it can sidelight us for several months. But I just think from Scripture today, let's have a new pattern. Let's have a new pattern. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And um, we're going to worship to this last song um, before closing this morning. And this, the song is um, It Is Well, which is um, a neat proclamation. And it's about it is well with my soul. And maybe even today, if you're in the midst of something, maybe even today while you're singing it, it's kind of a faith statement of God, because I'm coming to you, Father, because I'm coming to you. I know that my soul will be well. But maybe some of the conversations that I'm talking about today, maybe that's something that you want to have while you're worshiping. And just start having the conversation right here. If you want somebody to pray for you while we're worshiping, just slip up to the front and somebody will pray for you. We're just going to go before the Lord and make this proclamation. And if you're in that place today where you just need to pour out something that's inside of you, just take this opportunity and just pour out your heart and your feelings to him. He can take it. Amen. Would you stand with me today?
Father, I thank you that you're so capable this morning. So capable of navigating our souls. And we trust you today. We trust your will. We trust your authority and your power and your goodness. We trust you implicitly. Lord God, today we, we draw close to you. And my prayer for us, Lord, is God that we would be a people that would be willing to just bear our soul to you. Father, in a safe way and in a productive way, just bear our soul to you. That things wouldn't get buried, that things wouldn't come out in other ways, but God, that we could be a people that we just pour it out to you. Pour it out to you. Thank you for being a safe place. Thank you for not penalizing us for asking you to change the circumstance. Thank you for not penalizing us, but God, may our encounters with you align us with your will. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you and we trust you today. And we thank you, God, that even in circumstances we can't change, your faithfulness and your goodness and your strength and your love towards us, oh, God, it's enough. It's plenty for us. And we love you today. God, we worship you today. Let that, let that be the anthem of our soul. It is well with my soul. And the reason it's well is because of you. Because of you. Because of you. You are the one who's made it well. We love you. And we honor you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen.